change all that in a few but nonetheless you know who it is because you see me it's your boy now i reached out to this young lady and she may not know it because when i thought when i looked at her stuff on social media she is a very busy person i tend to call myself busy but i don't believe i'm as busy as she is so what we're going to do is we are going to definitely talk to her and we're going to talk a little bit about her business, about her athletic prowess, as I posted in the post. And we're going to have a little bit of fun today, too. So we're going to talk some business. We're going to handle some things. And we are also going to have a little bit of fun, like I always like to do when I do these interviews. So I'm going to tip my hat now. Now, Tasha, usually what I do is... When I go through my interviews, I have my questions. As you see, I got my papers and all my jazz and everything over here lined up. And at some point, maybe in the middle, maybe at the end, I like to flip the script. Okay. Where I become the interviewee and you become the interviewer. Okay. okay. So, if at all possible, you have any questions for me at that point, we can definitely answer all those questions. And I will stick to myself. I will be definitely truthful and honest in everything that you asked me um when you asked me. so if any of y'all know latasha get up wipe the stuff out your eyes get your stretch on get you something to eat and get ready for this interview so i'm going to give you a little bit of a background on her from my standpoint and then i'm going to let her tell you all about herself before we get to some of these questions and as you see, you can look right down there in the corner. She has her social media up. So all of her followers, make sure y'all tune into this video. Make sure y'all tune into her live and send her some comments. If you are on Facebook, definitely add some comments here. And as I always do on my regular show, I will read as many comments as I possibly can get to. So this young lady is an athlete, a businesswoman. 
Besides being an athlete, she's also a personal trainer and a strength and conditioning coach. So some of y'all might not know they are different, and we're going to talk about that a little bit down the line. Def- different. Because what we like to do here at Sports Rep, you know we talk sports, but we also like to give you the business side of things so people can understand what's going on. Uh, Mike Rudder, thanks for tuning in. Appreciate you. So she is a defensive end for the Philadelphia Phantoms. Uh, WNFC, that is the Women's National Football Conference. Yes. Also a defensive end there. Owner of Savvy Body Fitness. Uh, a strength and conditioning coach for Team Supreme. So that's my take. And like well, I said. Not Team Supreme. So Team Supreme was okay. the all-pro team. Oh, okay. Yeah, See that? So, I'm corrected. So you know how you had an all-star team? Right. It was we do the all-pro. Oh, okay. So cool. It was just a, I was selected to play in the all-pro game. Okay. So see that there, I stand corrected. See, this is why I have people here, and I do my homework like I always do, but I like to have people introduce themselves. So with that real briefly there, give the people just a brief rundown before we get into some questions about who you are and what you do. Okay, well, uh, again, my name is Latasha Richardson, and um, I go by different names for different reasons. Uh, Some people... If they say savvy, I know they know me from Instagram, and that's it. So okay. I know they don't know me really personally. Um, personal, they'll call me Tasha. And in the football world, I'm known as Dragon. So that's the nickname I, I received playing football when I started back in 2013. Um, but, yes, I've been playing football since 2013. Uh, I started off in the Laundry Football League. Um, I played a year with them, and we didn't return for a team the following year. I tried out for the Baltimore team, and that's a long story with that. We couldn't couldn't play. They didn't want the team to be too good and beat the team that they wanted to win to win. Always some politics going on. Yeah, they kind of knocked us out the the league. So it was fine. I wound up playing, introduced to uh, full tackle football. Okay. Didn't think I was going to want to play, and I wound up playing for, I'm going to say, two years following that, and I stopped playing because I said, all right, this is a lot on my body, and I'm like, I'm at the age where I want to have kids now, you know, so I'm going mm-hmm. to stop. This is it for me. Right. And uh, the story goes from there. It's a long story from there, but I can definitely break it down mm-hmm. on my journey with having a child and returning back to football. Okay. okay. So you just got all of that, and she I think she pretty much answered um, one of my questions, but you said you played in the lingerie football league yes. initially. How? What was the attraction, and how did you initially have the thought process of thinking, maybe I want to play football? I didn't. Um, I actually was one of my friends wanted to try out for the team, and she didn't want to go by herself. So she asked me, like, you know, can you go with me? And I was like, all right, I'll go. Like, I'm not interested in playing football, but I'll go with you. Right. Just see what it's like. And I went, and I was just a natural athlete. And okay. they saw that, and they was like, oh, we want you to play. And I'm like, I'm not interested, like, at all. <laughs> they was like, but you, you in shape, you out here, you know what you do? I said, no, I'm being an athlete. That's what athletes do. They come Absolutely. out here and do what they're supposed to do, and that's just it, you know? Mm-hmm. So... I'm like, I'm about to move to North Carolina anyway, so it's not going to work. They were like, no, we're going to have you. We're going we to make sure we can travel. I'm like, 
what? <laughs> you know, so it, it, that's how it turned out. Um, so it wasn't planned. It wasn't something I was interested in. Right. Plus, I thought it was goofy, like, to be running around in bikinis playing football. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought it was weird. But it was fun. We got, we got a chance to travel around the world um, as far as, like, uh, playing different teams on uh, the East Coast, West Coast. So it was fun. Um, but it was, it was political. It was very political, right. and I didn't like that because I'm not good with people telling me what I can and cannot do in certain right. situations as an adult. Um, but I definitely had fun, and it introduced a new sport that I didn't think that I would want to play. Mm-hmm. I would watch, but I didn't think I would want to play it at all. Okay. So that's how that journey started. Cool. Um, any other sports that you have played? I played, I ran track. I started off running track, and that was just my first like kind of love. Um, then I was introduced to playing basketball and volleyball. They To me, they were all different. Um, so... I just, again, being an athlete, like, I was just just good at a lot of different right. things. Um, so I didn't have a problem going out and being taught what to do and being out and being, to go out, being mm-hmm. able to go out there and pretty much maximize my talent. Okay. So um, each sport had a different feel for me. Volleyball was fun. It was fun to be able to block somebody's hit it was fun Mm -hmm. to be able to spike on somebody's head or you know to be able to score um it was fun being able to do some of the things you see in a professional volleyball being able to do a jump serve and stuff like that um track was just like i was fast i was always fast Mm -hmm. i had long legs i used to always race the boys my dad was quick i used to always race him and i always said if i can beat my dad i can beat anybody because he was quick Basketball was just a physical sport for me, mm-hmm. and I just excelled in it really well for me to have started so late in basketball. Okay. I didn't really get serious about it until probably my sophomore, junior year, and I just it just took off for me. Right. Um, football, like I said, I didn't, I didn't see that until 2013. I'm already in my mm-hmm. late 20s at this point, you know, but I was always in the gym. I was always working out, so... I was always in shape. So okay. I was already prepared for any sport I was going to come across. Right, you could just jump right in. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Right. So, folks, that's what you're hearing here. You're hearing from a natural athlete. Um, and you heard what she just said, and she basically answered it. Sheena, good morning. Thanks for tuning in as well. She gave you all of that background. And, like, I wrote my questions out. And don't be surprised if I come back from time to time and say, for my next question that she pretty much answered uh, my question. So you said you started out in track mm-hmm. and then you played basketball and then you stumbled across football. You loved volleyball. Volleyball was fun. Volleyball was fun. Okay. In that combination, where about if you could guess on a time frame when you truly fell in love with sports? Like I like you said, I, you, I understand you a natural athlete is going to be an athlete anyway, mm-hmm. and people you have to understand that you can be an athlete and not love a individual sport. You can have love for any sports, but like she just mentioned to you, an athlete is going to do what an athlete is going to do. They're going to get out there and perform. So if it was any, or if there was a time frame that you could possibly think of, when was it a feeling of like a love for? sports or any one of the particular sports that you played 
Um, it was honestly it was all at different times. Um, I kind of felt real discouraged with track. I want to say my sophomore year, I missed junior nationals by maybe a second. Wow. And I was like hurt because I'm like, mm -hmm. dang, I'm not gonna be able to go to California. I'm not gonna be able to run. I feel like that was my chance to really be seen. You know, mm -hmm. the school, the high school I was going to, they weren't known for for track runners so it was easy for me to be on that team and be the best female on that team so right. I'm like I can outshine everybody so I'm going to be seen but it's not a school that was known for track when I during the time I was okay. there um and I kind of got discouraged from run, wanting to run it just it just became like all right I'm just going to do it during the seasons of when it's really in except mm -hmm. cross country I didn't like cross country I hate running long distance yeah, I hate it cross country yeah so. can't stand it um but I then was introduced to volleyball immediately after that. I didn't like it either because I didn't mm -hmm. understand it. But like I said, I was always an athlete. So if you taught me how to do something, I was going to get it quick. Right. Um, and it just became fun. Like most, I'm going to say mostly all these sports as far as like volleyball and basketball, I didn't really fall in love with it until maybe my sophomore year. Okay. And I, my sophomore year, I was in Jersey. I went to a school named uh, Sterling High School. And... Majority white school, not too many blacks mm -hmm. in the school, and I was a kid from Philly. You don't come out of Jersey, you think the kids from Philly is popping. So I was like, right. popping, you know what I mean? But mm -hmm. I just was an athlete, so I was excelling better than a lot of the athletes there. Right. This became a situation where it was like, all right, well, I'm just going to do my thing, you know? And mm -hmm. I was fighting against a lot of things at that school. Um, but the love for it, I want to say it started my senior year, but it grew more once I became like maybe in my 20s, when it's at this point it's like recreational now. Okay. And I'm taking it not as seriously, but I'm better. Mm -hmm. You know, but I, I love all sports because it's sports. I love sports. Anything that you can get physical with, I'm, I'm for it. Okay. You know, I'm a physical person. It's that athletic and competitive nature. Yeah, I'm super competitive. Mm -hmm. I don't like to lose, like none of that. <laughs> but I, I can tolerate losing, but I don't like to lose. Right, right. Well, I mean, anybody that has any ounce of competitive nature mm -hmm. doesn't like to lose. Like, I'm like that too. Um, when I played, I hated to lose. I can, and I don't like, to, I don't like to use the word hate, but like you said, as an athlete, I hated mm -hmm. to lose. And I had to learn to accept it. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, it started in high school where I went to high school. And I was kind of off and on my freshman year. I didn't really want to. But I always played basketball. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, you play with your friends in your neighborhood and all of that. And then you start to think, like, I could do this on another level. And I was always a shooter. And... My friends always had this knock for me. It was like, yo, when we play and you shoot the ball, you can't miss. We know you can shoot, but you can't miss. Like, I would miss, and they'd be like, yo, what's going on with you today? Like, what's going on? I'm like, yo, I, I took one shot. Like, relax. We just started playing. I'm going to get into it, but let me get myself into it because of my competitive nature. Mm -hmm. And like you said, being an athlete, I'm going to read everything, and I'm going to figure, okay, this is my lane. And this is where I'm going, and I'm just going to blow that lane up. And it sounds like you were kind of like that same way. I found your lane, and once you got in that lane, it's like, bang, now this lane is mine. 
you can try and step in it if you want to, mm-hmm. but I'm going to make sure that you get out my way and I'm yeah. going to do what I need to do. I was a role player. You know, I knew my role in each sport. You know, mm-hmm. so as far as like track, it was really, and it's, that's an individual sport a lot of times right. that you in a relay. Um, but volleyball, I knew my role. My role was to block at the net. Mm-hmm. My role was to spike at the net. You know, um, most time I was coming out after I served, I had a powerful serve. And then I wasn't playing really the back line. I, we lead that to the shorter players. Right. Basketball, I was a rebounder. Okay. You can put me in a game, and I'll give you at least 15 to 20 boards a game. Like, mm-hmm. I was just that person. I was I was jumping high. I had great hands. Um, when it came to football, I had to learn it. I always right. I watched it, but I had mm-hmm. to learn it. And I just was going out there. It's like, I'm just going to go out here and be an athlete. If I go out here and be an athlete, eventually I'm going to pick up some of this stuff. Right. It honestly wasn't until this year where I said, all right, I'm going to do something a little bit different. Um, and I'm going to play, go back to doing what I was doing before, playing my role. If I know how to play okay. my role, I'll be all right. 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 So tell us if you can or if you would, any similarities or any differences between the Lingerie Football League and the full tackle. <laughs> Huge difference. Uh, one the outfit, lingerie. You're just in like a like almost like a sports bra like with small shoulder pads and like a, a hockey helmet, and the bottoms are like brief bottoms. Um, and you of course you you purchase your own knee pads and stuff like that. Okay. I think we purchased our own, or they gave them to us or whatever. Um, and of course cleats and stuff like that. Um, the full tackle. We're we're fully geared. Like the men are, right. the helmet, shoulder pads, you know, the rib protectors, the pants, the knee pads, all that, you know. So we're geared up for powerful hits, you know, the same way you see NFL players NFL out there. That's right. that's how we're geared up, the same exact way. So you also mentioned um, in some of your dialogue that you were always in shape. You were always doing something in the gym. Mm-hmm. Is that part of the reason that sparked you to become a trainer? Uh, honestly, I didn't. No, no. It was more so my journey after having my daughter. Um, I will always train myself. You know, mm-hmm. I was always working out. I knew what to do. I was going and I was in shape. So for me, it was all about maintaining. You know, okay. so I knew how to do that. After I had my daughter. I struggled because I gained almost 70, 80 pounds wow. when I was pregnant with my daughter. And I had a hard time losing all of it, you know. Mm-hmm. So it took me maybe a year and a half, almost two years, a year and a half when I started, when I said, okay, I'm going to suck it up and I'm going to do what I need to do to lose this weight. Right. And I got with my trainer and I met him through a mutual friend and I couldn't stand him. I didn't like this guy. I was like, no, it's not going to work. I know our personality is going to clash, you know. And he had a story, and he was using me like a mule almost. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to suck it up. I'm going to suck it up. And as we're training for a few months, you know, now I'm growing on to him, growing on to me, and I started getting in shape. And he was like, yo, you know you can really train. Like, you can, you know what to do. You know, mm-hmm. just be a trainer. And then it started being, it started becoming people started asking me to train them. Ah, so I'm like, all right, okay. well, I'm not 
a trainer, you know what I mean? I'm right. just, you know, but he was like, oh, you know what you're doing? So I started, you know, it's like, you know, I'm just going to do it and see mm-hmm. what happens. And that's how that happened. It, it really came from me getting back in shape, people seeing my progress okay. throughout the three years of like, all right, you look like this, and then you got to this point, mm-hmm. once you're training. Right. And then it got to the point where it's like, all right, can you train this group of people or these kids and these adults and stuff like that. So it was, that's how that, that's, that story went with Right. Okay. I think that's a great story. Um, especially the part that you mentioned where you said you couldn't stand your trainer, your initial trainer, that you were going to clash. And, and that just brought me to a situation with myself and my partner, Baldy, when we had Raheem Thompson of the Chosen League here for an interview. Mm-hmm. And we got into talking basketball, and then we started talking about training and how we looked at a lot of different people. And one of the things he said was, it's a little off from what you said, but one of the things he mentioned was, we see all of these people um, that call themselves trainers or whatever uh, in that right. And one of the things he said, he said, there's no way any parent that has a child that wants to be trained or coached up there's no way you should send your kid to a trainer and that trainer's in the gym with shorts on, any old just regular T-shirt and a pair of Timberland boots, and he's just standing there holding the basketball. He said, you're starting off wrong. You, you are going on the wrong direction at that point. And I understood it, and that's just for me being a coach. And I've always felt like as a coach or as a trainer, if I'm training you, I need to be able to do what I'm telling you to do. And I also felt like not just being able to just stand there and say, look, Tasha, I need you to do these suicides, but I need you to get down and touch the line. I need to be able, even if it's not as fast as my young people or the person I'm training are, I need to be physically capable of doing that suicide myself. Absolutely. Honestly, it wasn't, that wasn't the reason why I felt like me and him was going to clash because he knew what he was doing. He could do everything that he was teaching everybody how to do. And but for me it was it was more so for me it was mental. I didn't I didn't like the feeling of having to get back in shape. And he was okay. pushing me. And the push is what bothered me. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, I never had to work so hard to get in shape because I was always, always in, in shape. shape. Right. So the clash for me and him was mainly me, not him. Okay. Because he knew what he was doing. I trusted him to get me to the point I needed to be. Because mm-hmm. I saw what he can do. And this being an athlete, being in shape, I knew the things I needed to do. But it was just like mentally, I was like, I don't think I'm, I don't think I want to do this, you know, because it's too much work. I never had to work this hard to get in shape because I was always in shape. So I had to turn that mentality into, all right, well, now you're out of shape. What you want to do, right. you know? Now you just got to get back in shape. So I trusted him, and I knew he can get me there. But it was just like, I don't like him because I, because I don't like me right now. That's okay. really what it was. I don't like I you, that. so I don't like you. Right. You know, I, I but get that. Honestly, I I give him all the credit because he pushed me. Mm-hmm. He pushed me, pushed me, pushed me. But I also had a determination to keep going because I didn't stop. Right. You know, so to this day, like I don't know if I actually said it to him, but I he helped me get to the point where I'm at right now. You know, if it mm-hmm. wasn't for him, I don't know really. And me, me and him through my mutual friend, I don't know if I will be in this position I'm in right now. Because right. I don't know if I've been able to do it myself or as fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I honestly, 
he can call me in the middle of the night and he say he needs something, I'm going to get it because it's like, yo, I owe you. Right. You know, so it's like, we like brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. He gets on my nerves because he's annoying. Absolutely. But he know what he's doing. He right. know what he's talking about. You know, right. so if I had any questions about anything, whether I want to hear it or whether I, you know, I don't, I'm going to ask him because mm-hmm. he won't give me the truth. Right. You know, and it's times where we had like serious talks and I'm like, I'm in my mind, I'm like, I don't want to hear this shit. Like, you know, I'm like, right, <laughs> like, right. like, I ain't trying to hear this, but I don't want to hear it because it's the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't ever really want to hear the truth, especially when mm-hmm. it hurt, but I respect yep. it. Right. And I'll take it and I'll be like, all right, you right, but ain't nobody trying to hear that shit right now. Right. You know, but yep. in, in reality, like I, I owe him a lot because he helped me get to this point right now absolutely so anybody that's listening my young people that are listening my coaches anybody that's tuned in you heard it first from experience a lot more times than not the things that will have you upset disturbed wanting to quit are basically blessings in disguise because you have a living example sitting right here in front of you with me today that will push you and everything that she just said is like she hated it, him and his mannerisms sometimes or whatever. But looking back, it's where it's helped her get to where she is today. And you just heard her say she has that day. They may not talk all the time, but she oh, we now. Talk all the time. Well, okay, you do yeah. talk all the time, but she also realizes that. Yeah, he. I didn't like it back then, but shit got on my nerves. But damn, look at what I'm doing now. So it has a major role in it. So kids, especially my young people, which I always like to talk to my young people, you're going to have times in your lives where you're not going to like it. You're not going to like what you're doing. But as you progress and you get to a certain stage, you're going to look back and say, whoa. Like, like I had kids when I coached, and I was in that age group from 10 to like 14. And I've always had kids that would always ask me, Coach, why are you pushing me so hard? Like, you always on me in practice. And this, I said, well, one, because I want you to get better. And two, you may not understand this right now, but you play the position that I played. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of pride in that position. And if I look at you and I say, all right, he can, he can get there or she can get there, I'm going to push you. You know, and, and it turns out that it helps out in the long run, like you just said. Yeah, for sure. Um, my trainer, uh, I actually work in his gym. I want okay. to train us in his gym, so, you know, I see him every day. Oh, cool. You know, so, like I said, that's why I said it was like a sister-brother relationship, you know. Mm-hmm. We, we're not going to always get along. Absolutely. But you love him, you know what I mean? Right. Like, you can't get rid of him. Yep. And he one of the ones that's like, yo, I, can't, I know I can't get rid right. of him now. Right, and, and sometimes... You need that. But you don't want something, like I said, you don't really want to get rid of those people that push you right. to the point where you are today right. because they are always growing and mm-hmm. if they see you doing things, they want to take you with them. And he's progressing so well in life with his journey. He's just taking me along with it. So I'm seeing everything. I'm a part of a lot of stuff that he got going on. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like I'm a real appreciative of Right. What he got going on because he's taking me along the journey and it's opening doors for me. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, it's definitely... It, it, it's nothing better than seeing everything that you go through. If you have an idea, a thought process, or a plan, 
there's nothing better than being able to look back at the run mm -hmm. and say, yeah, I needed that, you know. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think some of our young athletes are somewhat ashamed to admit that. It was like, yo, coach kicked my ass today. I am i can't do that no more, whatever. You turn around, you get back into it, and then you get to a point in your life and you like, yo, like, if I wasn't doing them drills back then, I would be a little bit different. And I think you learn to appreciate those types of things a lot more. And like you said, the sister-brother thing, you're going to clash. And I think if you don't have the clashes, then it's going to be tougher for you to see things come to, to fruition. Yeah, for sure. I, I Most athletes, if, I feel like if you like your training, your training ain't doing something right. Mm -hmm. You know, because most times you should be able to walk out of the gym and be like, I can't stand my trainer. Like, because they pushed you. Right. And they pushed you to your limits. And he will push me to my limits. And I'm like, he wouldn't allow me to use my asthma as a as a clutch. Okay. I'm like, I can't breathe. He was like, man, nobody worrying about that asthma. Like, you ain't dying. I'm like, you really don't care if I die right now. Right. You know what I mean? But I'm an right. athlete, so my mind is like, I ain't gonna let you see me fail and I don't wanna mm -hmm. fail. You know, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let you see me cringe up, so I gotta keep going. Right. But there's times I'd be like, I don't feel like doing this today. Mm -hmm. You know, and it just was like, all right, I just gotta do it. But he pushed me. You know, and like I said, most times people are not going to like their trainers. You like them because of what they're, what they, how they progressing you. Right. And then you like, yo, like today wasn't the day I liked this guy because I would mm -hmm. work me today. Right. She worked me today. Right. You know, and that was that was mm -hmm. him. He worked me. Right. And then I think another benefit is something that you might get in that training, especially in those sessions where you like, yo, I, I really didn't feel this today. But then you translate that over into a sport, mm -hmm. and you do it, and then it's like. Oh, that light clicks on is like, yo, like, that's that shit I didn't want to do. Mm -hmm. But now it's easy. It's like, I did that. Like, whoa. And I, I've had kids like that, too, where I would actually get out there and show them. And when we would do scrimmages, I would play with the kids. Now, I was bigger, so I wouldn't do anything but shoot jump shots mm -hmm. all the time. But certain instances where I had different kids, I would get on the post and I'm working you out. Right. And they look at me and they're like, coach, like, you really, yes. Like, I would come to the gym with my bag just like you come to the bag. And while y'all stretching and running, I'm stretching and I'm strapping my shoes up to. I'm getting ready to go. And then you get that as a coach, you get that proud coach moment when you sit on the sideline and you put this kid in the game and they do something that you just worked over and over and over again. And every now and again, I would have kids run past the bench and look at me and just like smile. And I would just be like, yo, like he got it mm -hmm. or she got it, you know. And I think that's special for coaches and athletes because now as a coach, you feel like you're doing your job. Mm -hmm. And as an athlete, you feel like, yo, I'm getting this. You know, I am doing some things that I couldn't do last week. I'm right. doing them now. Yeah, for sure. I, um... With him, he used to put me up against men. And he'd be like, Tashi, you better not lose. Like, when it came to workouts. Okay. I don't want to lose. Right. So I'm going to try to outdo you. You mm -hmm. know, so... And he would... Now, social media is, at this point, everything right now. Yeah. So he would post videos of me, and he would say, like, some of y'all men can't even do this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I, I really got to show out, because I don't want nobody to be stronger than me. Man, right. woman, whoever it is. 
Right. It's somebody always going to be stronger than you. But mm-hmm. my mentality is I don't want, want anybody to. to be stronger than me. Right. I don't want nobody to be better than me. And he would make me compete against people. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like Or have his clients come in and be like, you going to go against Tasha today. And that might be days I'm like, I ain't got it today. Mm-hmm. But I got to go all out because I can't let somebody beneath me outdo me. Right. Even when I'm tired. Right. I could have had two workouts that day and you like, no, you working out with us. Mm. And I can't let these other right. people out Y'all can't so outshine. I'm like, right. In my mind, I'm like, I'm tired. You know, mm. but it's like, I got to I gotta get it in. It's only going to make me better. And honestly, that, that right there put me in a position of being able to excel in football this year. Cool. So as a trainer, you trail men and women? Mm-hmm. Both? Both. So. And kids. And kids. So. Out of the three, and this may seem like a funny question, but which of the three do you feel, if you could say it, is the easiest to train? Kids. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Women complain a lot. Mm -hmm. They complain. It's going to be the the rare woman that's going to come in and do what you tell them to do and not complain. And be able okay. to get through the full workout without saying anything. I'm one of the women that might say and complain about something, but I'm gonna do it. Right. I don't get too many women that I, I, that I train that don't complain about anything. Now okay. I train one of my um, one of my one of my teammates from years ago, but she's an athlete. She already knows what she's doing. So pretty much mm-hmm. her coming in is just her working out with me. Right. And she don't complain about anything. But women that's trying to get back in shape. Sometimes it's a hassle because it's like, yo, just do what I'm asking you to do. I'm not mm-hmm. telling you to do anything that I can't do. Right. I will never make you do anything that I'm doing right now because you got to build yourself to that point. Right. Men, it's not too often I get men. I'll get men say they want to they wanna train. And for me, the men actually want to train, I don't really think that they really want to train. It's more so like, let me see how close I can get to you. But I have trained men. Um, and they'll work. Mm-hmm. I had a, I had a man um, that I had for a while, um, not so long ago, and he would work, but he was he was a complainer too. Okay. But he would do it, but he would complain about it. Right. Um, kids like athletes, they would just do what you tell them to do. Mm-hmm. You know whether they're doing it wrong, they'll do it because right. you'll get the kids that are trained to do what they're supposed to do, mm-hmm. and when they're around people other than their parents it's kind of easy to tell them what to do because mom right. and dad they hear them all the time you get with somebody mm-hmm. else they doing what they supposed to do and then you get the parents like I'll be trying to get them to do this and that I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not mom I'm not dad right. so it's easy to listen to somebody who is not y'all Right. so I'd rather train kids than train adults cool Yeah, I, I would think like in my coaching um, especially aspect, athletes yeah, in, in my athletes. coaching aspect and I coach basketball, I always felt that it was easier for me to coach girls. And people say, well, dude, like, do you even, I said, it's basketball. I said, I, I can get the little intricacies from a women's game and a men's game. I said, that's easy because I'm, I'm a basketball junkie. I played basketball, so I'll pick it up mm-hmm. regardless. I said, but for me, I found it was easier for the girls. And somebody said, well, how do you do that? And the simplest way I could explain it, and I wish Baldy was here with me because we both say the same thing. That And Robert Reeves, Coach Robert Reeves, agreed with us when we talked about this uh, two weeks ago at the Drake. He said, I said that if I design a play for girls, 
And I tell one girl, I said, you're going to set the pick, you're going to do this cut, and you're going to pop out, and when you get it, you're going to shoot the ball. I said, don't worry. Wherever you are, you're going to catch it, and you're going to shoot it. doesn't have to be a three. It could be a layup. It could be a mid-range, whatever, 15-foot. When the ball comes to you, just be prepared to shoot it. And a lot more times than not, I found that when I did that with the girls, like you just said, they did, like you said with the kids, they did exactly what I told them to do. Girls are more fundamentally sound. Absolutely. And I tell people that all the time. People are like, what do you mean? I said, you may not believe me, but they are very, very much more fundamentally sound. And I said, and the flip side with that, and I said, even if you take a look at today's game now, if you say that to the guys, nine times out of ten, that person that's getting that shot, he going to be at the three-point line waiting for the three-point shot. And I said, that's not what I told you to do. I told you to run off the screen and get ready because the ball's coming. I didn't tell you to run. I said, now you're putting your teammate in a little bit of a predicament because now he's got to make a long, he or she has to, he has to make a longer pass. And I said, and now you're out of position because you can't help rebound if you miss that shot. It's a long run. And I said, it don't look like it when you're standing on the court. But when you're in the heat of the moment and you're playing, it's a nice little run from the three-point line to get back in to the rim and help rebound. So I always felt like that when I said that, that girls were, for me, easier. And like you said, because of the fact that they are more fundamentally sound. And I had a guy I worked with, and he played basketball. We were watching the WNBA one time. And he's, like, joking, like, oh, man, y'all watching the WNBA? I said, look, dude, I'm a basketball fan, so I'm going to watch any good basketball. Men, women, whoever. I'm, if it's good basketball, I'm going to be watching. I'm going to be tuned in. And he goes and he says, yeah, well, you know, like, I will kill some of them. And I said, I'm willing to bet you a paycheck right now that I could pick any one of them women and they will mop the court with you. He's like, well, I'm taller. I said, okay, you can be taller, but these girls are fundamentally sane. I said, you're going to have that mentality and you're going to, be skewed because you're just going to think I'm a man, I'm bigger, I'm stronger, I'm supposed to be better. Mm -hmm. But that's not always the case. Right. You know? So what would you say if there were any or were some of your brightest moments or your proudest moments as a trainer? Mm. As a trainer. You know, I don't think I quite got there yet. Cool. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I got there yet. I, I'll feel that way when I have kind of got some things settled on my projects I'm working on right now. Okay. And I'll feel like, all right, we're making some progress. But um, I have some good moments, you know, because mm -hmm. I'll look at some of the clients I do train. And, for instance, I for a, a while, I just stopped. And uh, I think in July, I needed a break. I was doing at-home workouts at night three times a week. And I would have my aunts join in. My aunt, my oldest is 61, I think the next one is 59, and then the other one is 50-something. They would mm -hmm. do the workouts. Right. And I would get people saying, oh, this is hard. And I'm like, you know, I be having my aunts do this stuff. Mm -hmm. And you know how old they are, and you talk about this is hard. Right. You know, so, you know, it's, it's good to feel like, all right, I got my aunts involved. They're older in age. They're still moving around and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But um, I'm still, I'm still trying to get to that happy, proud moment. 
you know, my proud moment is not as a trainer. It's, it's my proud moment is being where I am right now as far as cool. my fitness. Like, all right, I didn't think I was going to be able to get back to this point. Okay. You know, and I'm stronger than I was before. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, to kind of touch on the the girls and the boys, for me, it depends on what sport it is, too. Right, I can see that. Now that I'm coaching football, I'm coach. I'm one of the assistant coaches uh, at Shellingham High School for football. You can't talk to the girls the same way you talk to the boys. Oh, absolutely. Because the girls don't understand that mm-hmm. a person screaming at them. Right. You know, they, we we too emotional. Mm-hmm. And one of the other coaches on the team is my teammate for my football team. She's actually my teammate and the owner for the Philadelphia Phantoms. And I'm like. If we had coaches like we have for these the boys right now, for our team, I don't know if our females would be able to handle our coaches talking to us like this. Right. But it's going to make us better. Right. Because they're, it's football. It's right. not meant to be talk like how we're talking right now. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you. I want you to run this route, and when that when that player drop down, I want you to run them over. Mm-hmm. That's too solid. Right. It's too quiet. Right. Football ain't a quiet sport. Right. You know, it's like, we going to scream at you. And it's like, mm-hmm. if you miss the tackle, it's all hell about to break loose. Mm-hmm. Basketball is something different. You can get your little scream on, but it ain't going to be like football. Right. So it depends on what sport it is for me. Football is like that. Release, release your aggression. Mm-hmm. You know, and get them hyped. Get them where they need to be. Basketball. I like basketball with far as coaching. I did coach years ago at Fieri Charter High School. Uh, for the girls and I enjoyed it because we had some good girls Mm -hmm. and they listened and it allowed me to be able to play with them and feel comfortable playing Mm -hmm. with them and teaching them as I'm going you know like I'm y'all can't beat me but I'm Mm -hmm. here to make you better right I'm going to give you the opposition Mm -hmm. you know so I'm not going to play easy on you Mm -hmm. because the next level is not going to be easy right I want you to be better because this level right here is not where we want to stop we're going to keep going so we can't Mm-hmm. So it, it depends on the sport, right. honestly, how you want to really get yeah. it off. And just to piggyback on what you just said, to touch on that, and then that competitive nature comes, and again, it's like, you ain't going to beat me. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't care if I'm coaching. If you learn something or not, you're not going to beat me. So. Yeah, I had a kid yesterday in my practice. He said, I just want to hit you, Coach Dragon. I was like, and guess what? You got to catch me first. One, I ain't trying to get hit. That's why I play defense. Mm-hmm. Right. Two, I'm not going to let you hit me. Right. You know, so it's 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 all fun nature. Right, though. and that's why I said like when I played with the when I would scrimmage with my guys, I would tell them, oh, so y'all know when y'all running y'all laps or whatever, and I'm on the court just shooting, loosening up, and y'all see me, and we get it into a scrimmage, and I said, oh, so you just gonna stand there in that zone and let me get this clear look and shoot this? I said, you know I can make this, right? <laughs> I said, so you just gonna stand here and let me shoot it? And they'd be like, go ahead, Coach Wade. I want to see you make it. You really want to see that? I said, because let's do this then. If I make three with you letting me shoot, you got to run laps. All right, bet, bet, let's do it. I said, well, you might as well tie your shoes up now because if you let me shoot, I'm not going to miss. And he said, well, how you mean you're not going to miss? You ain't going to make all of them. If you let me stand there, have a clear eye view, Set my feet, get my shoulders square, and you don't run at me, you don't flinch at me or anything like that. It's just like me shooting a foul shot. I'm going to knock it down every time. Right. I'm going to make you come out here and play some dick. 
And then you got to remember, I still can do enough where if you run at me, I can get by you. Right. So you pick your poison, but I want you to learn that you can't do that with everybody. And I say, like, you shouldn't be able, you shouldn't want to do it with me. I say, because you know I can do it. So this is where I'm teaching you, you got to get better. You don't take anybody for granted. There were often some times where we would run the kids in practice and then we get into a game and we go up 15 or 20. The other team calls a timeout and our guys are like, yo, like, they don't even want to sit down. Like, coach, why? I didn't call the timeout. They called the timeout. Mm -hmm. And they look and they're like, well, we just want to keep playing. I said, take the second, have a seat. I said, now, look at that bench. I said, you look at them, they're like gassed. I'm like, yo, they tired. It's easy for y'all, so y'all missing a little bit. I said, they tired. I said, this is the reason why when you get mad at me and Coach Skip, when y'all at practice and we run y'all, and they was like, yo, we got to run all this and we got to do this and do that? Yes, but look at the outcome. You up 20, you ready to keep going like it ain't no stopping you, and they over there tired. And then they'll come out and they'll make a basket and now you mad. Listen, it's basketball. They're going to make baskets. Mm -hmm. It is no way that they're going to not score a basket. They are, and said, if they shoot the ball enough, at some point something's going to go in. At some point, y'all are going to get cocky and they're going to get a basket like the one that they just got that made y'all mad. So y'all have to understand this. And, you know, it's a learning process, like you said. But for me, it was fun. And I got my fun and my enjoyment of seeing them progress. Not even so much the wins. It was seeing the kids progress. And the other point that you mentioned a little while back when you talked about you're the coach, not the parent. I don't know how many times I got on parents' nerves. And I had to tell parents, look, you bring him to practice, he's mine now. You can stay or you can leave. I prefer for you to leave, but if you want to stay, you can stay. But I don't need you interrupting my practice. I had a kid one time, we were playing the game. Everything that we went over for that week of practice. And we get into the game, and this kid, every time he's bringing the ball up the court, his dad's on the other side, he's going to that side to hear his dad talk. I'm looking. I let him do it like two or three times. The third time, the fourth time he did it, timeout. And my uncle looked at me like, wait, why you call timeout? I said, I got him up. I said, listen, i tell you this right now. If I call a play that's not to that side, which I've been doing on purpose, and you go over there to your dad again, you can go over there and sit with your dad. And the dad's looking at him. Then after the game, it's like, well, why you? I said, because when he's in the game, you're not the coach. I'm the coach. So let me do what I do. You are undermining what I'm doing. And I said, when we go in the locker room, you need to stay outside. Why got because you got to understand, you want your kid to be something that he's not right now. And I found that when I was coaching, a lot of times I came across coaches that were, I'm going to say, unwilling to be brutally honest with parents and let them know, yo, your kid is not as good as you think he is. But I'm willing to work with him, but you got to let me work with him. You can't cut in when I'm doing stuff. When he's home... And whatever you see at practice, y'all get in the car and y'all go home, then y'all talk about it. But while he's here, he's ours, and you got to let that go. And it was kind of hard for the parents to understand that. I mean, we would kick parents out of the locker room and like, yo, like y'all got to leave. Mm-hmm. Well, y'all yelling at the kids in this. Okay, but y'all still got to leave. 
It's like, we not cursing at them, we yelling at them, yeah, but when y'all here, they not getting what we telling them. This is what brings on the yelling, because y'all telling them one thing, and we're telling them something else, and when you have kids at like 10, 11, and 12, sometimes they thinking, well, my dad said do this. Coach said this, like, I'm only going to see coach like twice a week and then on game days, but I got to go home with him every day. He going to dog me out every day. I said, all right, that's him being a parent. But y'all got to let that go. So that was difficult for me, and I had to learn to ways to get around that. Mm -hmm. And what I would do is I would just tell them, look, when we go in the locker room, y'all got to stay outside. Eventually they got it or whatever, but, you know, it took a little bit. Hmm. Proudest moment, if any, as an athlete in any particular sport or in all of your sports. I'm going to be honest. It was this year. It was this year playing football. Um, I didn't want to play. I just wanted to come and be a coach. Right. Um, like I said, my friend who's the owner and also one of the team uh, players on the team, she kept saying, like, Drag, just come back and play. Come back and play. You're in, you're in shape. Like, we need you. I'm like, no, nah, I ain't trying to play. She was like, listen, if you play, this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. I'm like, nah, I don't want to play. Because right. I know that this is my body the first time. I was hurt. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't like that feeling. So I was like, I'll coach or whatever, and I'll do the, you know, be a strength and addition coach. And I came in, I did maybe like four practice without really like being in, too involved. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, I'm about to just play. Right. And I decided to play. Got that I, itch. Was in, I was in a car one day, and I was just like, having a conversation to myself. And I was like, you know what? Mm -hmm. Just play and see what happens. Right. And this year, we didn't have a good season, but I had a good individual season. Mm -hmm. To the point where the last time I played was in 2016. It's 2022 right now. Nobody knew me back then. Right. I was just playing. This year, mm -hmm. people knew who I was. Right. And it was just like, dang, like, this is what you get from playing football? Like, this is what I get? I, I went to the USA tryouts. Um, I didn't make the team, but I learned so much at that mm -hmm. tryouts that put me in a position that this season mm -hmm. to the point where it's like, all right, I'm getting picked high, you know, right. pick number two in the all-pro game. Mm -hmm. I'm like, people actually know me? Like, right. I didn't even watch the all-pro draft. Okay. Because I didn't, to me, it didn't mean nothing. Right. I'm like, we didn't have a good season. Ain't nobody picking us. I'm in the bathroom in the shower, and I hear my phone going off. I'm like, mm -hmm. what is on and like, right. you got picked second round. I mean, first round, second pick. I'm like, for what? You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. it was like for the all pro game. I'm like, no lying. Mm -hmm. I had to go, I had to like really look on the list, like, dang, I really got picked second. That's right. crazy. And it was fun. You know, mm -hmm. it was fun to go out to Texas and play amongst all the best players in the league, mm -hmm. you know, and to have the respect of the position I play. To be able to go out there and play with these other players that are just as good, if not better, it was fun, you know, and I right. learned a lot. But it was it will be this year being picked because okay. I didn't I didn't think that any of that was going to happen. Right. I was going out there being athletes, going out there mm -hmm. having fun, going out there and playing. But I took this season a lot differently. Um, I said I'm going to learn my position, my position only. Mm -hmm. I don't care what everybody else is doing because if I worry about what everybody else is doing, or worrying about different plays and how everybody was to go, we gonna mess up. So mm -hmm. I was like, I'm just going, where my position at? That's what I gotta do, that's all I'm worried about. Right. I stuck to my position. And right. 
Yeah. Cool. So, like, young people, you hear that. If you heard what she said, she went to the tryouts. She didn't make the team, but she learned so much. So, message there, lesson there, go to the tryout, be a sponge. Because sometimes the stuff that you learn could be more beneficial to you than actually making that particular team. Mm -hmm. You're going to take something, and that's one of the things, you got to do what you do, but you learn things that will help you later on down the line. And that time will come. And then like you said, people, like she just said, she didn't, people didn't know her, but then all of a sudden she got out there and she did what she did. And then like she just said to you, wasn't even thinking about it. And she was a very high second draft pick. So lessons to be learned folks. I told y'all it was going to be informative and some fun. So backtracking just a tidbit. And I wanted to get to this earlier, but we started having a good, very good dialogue. How did the nickname Dragon come about? <laughs> Everybody <laughs> always asks this question. All right. So when I went to the, the tryouts of the Laundry Football League, I have a tattoo on my leg. And I think people thought it was a dragon. So how, because there was so many girls there trying out. They didn't have everybody names. They didn't right. know everybody. So they were going off with what they saw. So I was the girl with the dragon tattoo. <clears throat> the girl with the dragon tattoo. We want her. It didn't dawn on me that that they were calling me the girl with the dragon tattoo. I thought they were just saying it because I had a tattoo on my leg. And it was just like, me think I'm thinking about a movie. Like, mm -hmm. girl with dragon tattoo. Mm -hmm. Then I'm like, where y'all getting this dragon from? It was like the tattoo on your leg. It's, it's not a dragon. They're like, well, what is it? It's like a, it's a fairy. Like, it's, right. it's, a, it's a fairy. <laughs> like, it's not a dragon. I'm like, Yo, you know, the whole time we thought it was a dragon. I'm like, no, it's a fairy. It was a fairy surrounded in whirlwind. Like, um, I have a tattoo. That's my tattoo on my leg. And they was like, all right, we're just going to call you dragon because you can run. Right. You know, I, I had I had speed mm -hmm. and I had long I had long legs. Mm -hmm. So the, the name, so they so was so stuck on the girl with the dragon tattoo. They just said, we just want to drop the girl with the dragon. So we just want to call you dragon. dragon. Wow. And that name stuck with me. And it got to the point where it was like, all right, now I get a tattoo of the dragon. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. I got a dragon tattoo on my leg. Absolutely. And I know if you call me dragon, you only know me from football. Okay. So that's how I separate the two. Like if I hear somebody in the street say dragon, automatically it's football. Mm -hmm. Automatically. If they say savvy, Instagram. Okay. If they say Tasha, you know me. You know, so that's how that name stuck. And then it just got to the point where dragon is just like what it is. You know, right. you don't mess with a dragon. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to give you that pressure. You right. know, so it just stuck. And it's just like, it's to the point where next year, I told my uh, teammate next year, I'm actually going to change my name on the system to dragon. To dragon. <laughs> That's because everybody was like, well, who is Latasha Richardson? Like, we all know her. Right, like, who was that? Yeah, they were right. like, that's Dragon. I'm like, you know what, now I got to just change the name completely. Right, right. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Oh, that, that's very different, very unique. <laughs> and, and it's kind of funny, like you said, like, they looked at the tattoo and it, they thought it was a dragon. And you were like, wait, I know what my tattoo is. I got the tattoo, so how are you thinking that? So that was, that's pretty decent story. Yeah, and it's, it's like, even when I introduce myself, I be thinking like, what name I want to tell them? You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. it's like, what, where, where am I? Where, where are we at right now? And when I told the kids, you know, when they was introduced to me, and it was like a dragon, it was like dragon, like the dragon, dragon, like a real dragon. And even when I say that to people, they was like, well, 
that's different. And I'm like, it's not my real name, but that's just my name in the football, right. in the football world. That's what you're going to get. That's how I can separate the two. Okay. Um, but I mean, I like the name. Mm-hmm. And then you get some people that think that's my real name. Mm-hmm. You never know nowadays with people's mm-hmm. names. And I, I had a, I know a guy I met in the football, and I, I told him my name was Dragon. It was in Texas, and he was like, "All right, well, what country are you from?" He thought that was a real name, like Dragon. Like, right. I'm like, I know I'm from here, you know. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, "I thought that was your real name," and I'm like, "No." He said because in some countries that's people's name. Right. And I was like, well, it's just a nickname. Right. But it yeah, works. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty decent. So we pretty much got just about all of my questions done. I mean, some of them we answered just in conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One I want to ask, with your competitive nature, just the competitive nature, if you were not a trainer or an athlete, what do you think you would be doing? She took a breath, folks. Just being a mom. I'm a mom all day. Mm -hmm. Every day. But if I wasn't a a coach, athlete, I think I'd just a mom. Right. That's a great answer. And it was a fairly quick answer. And people that follow me, you know, out of all the interviews that I've done, when I've asked people that before, they do the, the sigh, and then it's like, I don't know, and it takes them a minute. But I, I applaud you for that, um, for for the time of your response and the brutal honesty of your response. I, I think that's a great thing, um, that you do what you do, but mom seems like mom trumps everything. Absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. Honestly, I mean, I've been doing sports. I've been in an athlete mm-hmm. and sports world for so long. I don't know what life would be like if I didn't do it. Right. Even when I wasn't okay. playing sports after I had my daughter, I was still involved in it somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. My daughter's father played basketball, so we was always at his games. He was coaching. Okay. We was always at his his kids' games. So mm-hmm. his son played. So we was it was always basketball. It, it right. just never stopped for me. Right. To the point where it was getting exhausting. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, all right, now I'm getting myself back into the rhythm of things. I'm getting back in shape. I can do more now. So now it's just like, when I do these things, my daughter come along with me. Mm-hmm. My daughter is with me. Now, when I was just playing recreational basketball, she'll be right there. She'll be on the sideline. Mm-hmm. Teammates be like, we got her. While we win, she should sit over here with us. Football, she'll be right there. You know, so I would, she, she's involved in so much of my life. Right. My training, she's at the gym with me sometimes. When I do my classes, she's there. Sometimes mm-hmm. she's involved in my, in my workouts. So she's already... She's been already groomed around sports okay. from birth. Okay. I took we was I had her at basketball games at three months. Wow. You know, so she's been around it. That's all she sees. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, all right, I'm not sure what she's gonna wanna do. I don't know what she's gonna be interested right. in. Right now she's her interest is all over the place. She's five, mm-hmm. she just turned five. But she's gonna be tall. So I really don't know what she's gonna be capable of doing. Mm-hmm. Naturally I bought a basketball court for the house. Right. Now, she'll go and play that. Her dad's a freaking nature with basketball. So that's all he cares about. Not mm-hmm. all he cares about. That's all he does. That's yeah, all he's kind of like, like, like me. He's obsessed. So that's what she sees with him. Mm-hmm. Her, uh, My daughter's oldest brother, um, not through me, but he plays basketball. So we would go to his games and stuff like that. 
she would see me play. So she, that's all she see is sports. Right. So I'm, I'm the type of person I don't want to force her to do anything she doesn't want to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, whenever I see interest in something, I'm just going to put her in it and see what she does. Right now, her interest is gymnastics. She watches the Ninja Kids on YouTube, so all she want to do is do cartwheels, splits, and, you know, kicks and stuff like that. And she want to show, you know, how well her right. athleticism is with that. So I'm like, all right, I don't think she's going to excel in gymnastics. She's at five years old. She just turned five in June. She's four one. And her doctor was like, she grew in four inches in a year. Did you realize that, Mom? I said, no, I see her every day. I said, I don't see it until she's next to a kid her age and she's mm-hmm. towering over them. Mm-hmm. But she told me, she said, her in height might be about 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, wow. Her in height. So I was like, wow. I'm like, gymnastics is not for tall people. No. You don't really see tall people it's in not. gymnastics. Right. But why not do it mm-hmm. to get that experience in balance? Right. Every sports needs balance. Right. Every sports needs strength. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put her in it. So mm-hmm. I'm waiting for the summer to die down. Once school start, boom. Right. As soon as you leave school, you're going right to the gymnastics. Yeah. And, and there's always something that can translate back and forth. Mm-hmm. Like, I had a cousin, he played football, and he played basketball. And someone would ask me, like, well, why is he playing football and basketball? Because, like, them seasons kind of cross. So he's playing football, then he's got to wait and play basketball. I said, yeah. I said, but the mental toughness, the physical nature of football is going to help him on the basketball court. He played running back in football, so that footwork is going to help him in basketball. The constant running is going to help his conditioning in football from basketball. College is going to be a little tricky to do that, especially depending on what level you're playing on. Right, right. Yeah, I get that, yeah. So let's have a little bit of fun now. (laughs) Well, we're going to talk a little bit of fun and some other stuff. And I have one question that I'm going to save, and it's a situation that, I'm almost certain that you may not remember, but I'll get to that in a second. So just out of curiosity, mm-hmm. what is your take on the WNBA? Because we've heard about Liz Kambaj walking away from her contract. We've heard um, Naneka Gumakwe with her concerns about the travel conditions. And then just the overall conditions of the NBA in comparison to I mean the WNBA in comparison to the the NBA what are some of your thoughts on the state of the WNBA right now so I'm gonna be honest um I haven't followed much basketball in the past couple years I'm gonna tell you why because I was exhausted with it Mm -hmm. it was non-stop for me for a long time especially when I was with my daughter's father it was all the time all the time it was like I need a break and then when right. I said I was going to take a break, I said I was going to take a break. And then it, it's to the point where I was like, I don't even want to play. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I'm hearing the stories and stuff like that because I'm not heavily involved in it. I don't really, I don't have been really digging too deep into to see what's really going on. But um, we we need more as women, more publicity. You know, mm-hmm. we're not, it's, it's until like maybe like it was LeBron, uh, Kobe Bryant, saying we need to support these women. Mm-hmm. If we get more of those players and more of these other players that are elite players that are actually supporting, then we'll probably get more. But it shouldn't be like that. You know, right. even... Well, some of these players in, in, in the United States are getting less here and getting paid more overseas. 
mm-hmm. you know, and NBA, they can play one season to be perfectly fine and rest and vacation yep. on all season. Women, they got to go overseas. Yeah, got to go overseas, yep. Go, it's, it's, it's bad because no one, I feel like no one respects women's sports mm-hmm. unless it's a sport that is like soccer. Right. Soccer is different for women. Because in different countries, soccer is the sport. Right. You know, um, but when it comes to basketball, even the football, mm-hmm. you know, we don't we don't get the same support that men get. Right. And we're just as athletes as the next. You know, in my opinion, some of us women are better than half the men. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but I really don't like. I said I really don't know much about. I, I've heard about the the player who has walked away from her contract. When I feel like when a woman does stuff like that, it's for a good reason. Absolutely. Because we're not they're not getting paid as much, mm-hmm. so it had to have been something deep that she felt like I gotta walk away from this. Right. You know, um, the travels. I really don't know much about what's going on with the travels, but I mean, mm-hmm. we living in a tough time right now. Absolutely. So I don't. I can see why that would be a concern for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't been for a basketball. <laughs> I mean, it was just something different. Like, I thought, like, me and Baldy talk about it all the time. And, like, I'm a big advocate, like you said, they need the publicity. And, like, when people ask me about that on social media or in person, and we get to talking about the WNBA, and I'm like, look, it needs to be a whole lot more done. And I said, if I could find a way to wiggle myself in, I'm all in. Because I feel like they should not have to, like you just said, they should not have to go overseas after they're playing. Like, they just played the whole season, and now they got to go overseas. So, like, mm-hmm. where's the rest time for their body? Where's the recouping time for their body? Like you said, the men, they get their season, and then they get their time. They spend with their families. They on vacations or whatever, and then they come to training camp. And it's a lot different for the women. And I've always said that I feel like the resources are there. I said, I feel like they need a lot more help from their big brother. And their big brother has the... Losing, don't know what word, but they have the tools, for lack of a better word, to be able to support. And I feel like they should support, especially for those cities that have an NBA team and a WNBA team. Mm-hmm. I think it needs to be a lot more support there for those women. Uh, secondly, and, I, and it's great that I had you here, that I get it from a women's perspective, because like I said, it's usually me and Baldy, and I'm talking to guys, and we can give our perspective, but it's a little different when it comes from an actual female right. perspective. What is your take, or what do you think about the Brittany Griner situation? About that one coming. Um, hmm. All right. So, you know, when you travel in certain places, you just can't do certain things. I know if I go to the municipal building downtown, I can't walk in here with my weapon, whether I'm licensed to carry or not, right? Mm-hmm. You go to certain countries, they don't tolerate certain things. Mm-hmm. Nine years is harsh. Yes. That's harsh. Mm-hmm. But, if you know that these certain countries are strict on certain situations, mm-hmm. such as drugs, I don't mm-hmm. care if it's a vape, a, a little piece of bud, or whatever it is, I'm not doing it. I don't want to get myself involved in anything that's going to get me in trouble. Right. 
The last trip I went on, I went to Mexico. I'm not going to the hood. I'm mm-hmm. not going to certain places in Mexico. You know, because mm-hmm. I don't belong there. Right. I'm going to stay where I'm supposed to stay and keep myself safe. Absolutely. So when you go certain places, you got to understand, like, you just can't do certain things. Mm-hmm. And it just is what it is. You you got to have some type of discipline to say, like, all right, during this time, I just can't do certain things. Right. Just can't do it. Right. If I'm if I if I need a smoke or a drink or whatever, but it's during this time, basketball season, like I'm just gonna hold off for a minute. Mm-hmm. It's not that deep for me to lose my career over this. Right. But it's nine years harsh. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. That's very harsh. Mm-hmm. It's like all right, I don't I don't really know how much time is enough time, mm-hmm. but an example set is enough time for me. Right. Just know that we can't do this. Right. I hope that something happens where she can get out and she does get to come back home. But I feel like if I hate to bring this up because it's it can this that conversation go for a long time. If that was a man, mm-hmm. it might be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when we have other situations that are kind of being swept under the rug. Oh yeah, no and doubt. We're, when we're making a vape pen, a big deal, mm-hmm. you know. But you got to know when you're in certain places, you just can't do certain things. Right. I'm not going to certain countries and inquiring about anything right. now. I had nothing, no need to inquire about, mm-hmm. and then trying to get home. Mm-hmm. It's already bad enough trying to get home. Right. You gotta go through all the process and mm-hmm. stuff like that. You know, you getting looked at like that ain't you on the ID. Right. You know. So yeah. Right. And just ironically, she got caught up right before they started a war. And I'm glad that you were here again. Female perspective, a little different. And when I talked about it, when people asked me about it from the very beginning, and I said, what you all here in the United States have to understand is the fact that, yes, it is a legal system. True that. But you have to come out of your comfort zone and stop thinking that just because what she did and she got locked up, that it's the same way it is here. It's not. I mean, overall, you could say generalized. It's a legal concept. We got laws. They got laws. You break the law, you go to jail. Same thing here. But it's a difference over there. Mm-hmm. Different country, different legislation. Like, it's a dictatorship. So it's like what they say goes. You know, here in the United States, you got your legal assistance. You can fight it and this, that, and the third and whatever. And also, one of the other things that you said, and I said this to people, and I said, she's been playing over there for at least four years. Okay, so you're going to tell me that she didn't know the rules. Right. And then somebody said, well, no, she could have been packing in in haste or whatever. I hear your point. I get you. But I'm going to agree to disagree where I said she's been over there. It's constant for her. So she knows. And I said, I'm not saying that. She shouldn't have got no jail time. She should have just been swept under, swept under the rug or whatever like that. I said, nine years is tough. It's tough. And I said, but you also have to understand where she is. And I said, and then you also have to take her account in it. Take her role in it. Not that I'm bashing her or not on her side or anything like that. I said, but you have to look at the entire picture. And like you just said, I'll go to, and you can even do that in the United States. You go to certain parts of a certain city mm-hmm. and you know, you're not supposed to be there. I went to Chicago, and I got in the taxi cab, and I said to the guy, I could even the hotel, I said, listen, 
all I want to do, I want to go to the United Center. I got to get a picture of the statue. I said, I'm a huge Michael Jordan fan, and I'm here. And I said, I can't leave here without getting a picture with the statue. So we're in the taxi. And, he, and the dude, initially, he was like, look, I really, I'm really, not supposed to wait for you. At the time, they were doing construction, so the statue was moving. But I said, listen, if I catch somebody, I'm going to let them snap a couple pictures, one or two of me, and I'm going to get a picture of a couple of myself. So he was like, all right, I'll wait for you. So as we're riding back, we started to talk, and he's like, where are you from? And I tell him where I'm from. And I said, I heard some stuff about Chicago. And I said, where I'm at now? This is like downtown Chicago. I said, it's really, really clean here. And he said, yeah, well, it's heavy fines for us here in Chicago. And I said, okay, so I've heard some things about the hood. And he was like, I'm going to be brutally honest with you. I can ride you by there, but it's going to be a distance away. And I'm like, a distance away? I was like, yeah, he said, I'm going to get you as close so you can see it. He said, but you're out of town. You really shouldn't be there like that. And I said, I get it. That's but I appreciate it. And I said, as a matter of fact, you don't even, we only had to do it. Now, I'm going to take your word for it. And I understand. Just like you said, you understand, especially when you're in a foreign country. It's like, like you said, I know I'm not supposed to go across that street. So I'm going, I'm not going to go across that street. And, right. and, you know, but again, it was just good to have a female perspective on those two things that I've been talking about for a good while now and then, like i said it's always just me and my guy so it was great to have uh another a female uh perspective on those things and you gotta keep in mind what what's going on in the world like we're having issues with different countries mm-hmm. so it's like we're we're having we're at war with with russia right now right so you don't think that they're gonna make her an example absolutely you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and then on top of that we got our ex-president saying things that he shouldn't have. You don't know nothing about what you're talking about. Right. So it's making things worse, but it's just like, you just mm-hmm. can't go to certain places and think you can do what you want what to you do. What you want to do, yep. You have to follow the law. Right. Follow the rules. Right. Or leave. Right. You know, it, I, I feel like, all right, you're trying to give her a punishment, she can't come back to Russia. Right. She can't come back to Russia to play. Right. For her, anybody going to take her though, so she's not really missing anything. Right. Might be a couple dollars lost or whatever, or she mm-hmm. might gain something, but... Nine years is harsh. Yeah, it, it is. Really I think that's. I think that is severely harsh. Yeah, and like you said, we can appear to make light of it, but it's a vape pen. And like you said, people have to get that concept out of their head. In the United States, it's just a vape pen, but in Russia, it's not just a vape pen. You know, you have to understand. You have to be able to correlate the differences. So, and like you said, like we talk about laws are a little bit different, even when you travel. Oh yeah, like gun law, right? Jersey don't respect Pennsylvania's gun law. Absolutely. Even when I go to Jersey, like I, if I know I'm going over there, I, I'm mm-hmm. licensed to carry, mm-hmm. and I always carry. So it's like when I know I'm going, my parents live in Jersey, so I'm like, all right, if I'm home, make sure I leave it home. Mm-hmm. But if I know I'm traveling over there and it's like an unexpected travel, I know I gotta separate everything. Everything, mm-hmm. just in case I get pulled over, mm-hmm. they can see that there's no way right. that I had any intent to do anything when mm-hmm. my gun mm-hmm. is up here in the glove compartment, everything else is in the back, in the trunk. Mm-hmm. I, I ain't, I ain't, it's no right. intent. And, and, yeah, but you gotta know when you go to certain know. places. Yep. You know, um, even for our football season, we travel to Atlanta. Atlanta and uh, Georgia honors are our license to carry. Mm-hmm. I knew my bag was going down on the van. So I was like, do I really want to travel, have my bag go down there? I was flying down there. 
I'm like, do I want to take my, you know, because I, I can't. I'm like, all right, I'm not going to do it. But I know I had a teammate who did it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, there's certain places you just know. Absolutely. But that meant you had to look into it. Right. Right. Like you said, she'd been there for how many years? She knew. Yeah. She knew better. She knew. But, yeah, that's yeah, a harsh punishment. Yeah, I, yeah, I think they is. need to let her go. Yeah, I think they go. do, too. Yeah. Give her a couple. If you want to give her a couple months, you make, a, make an example of something. Right. Like, that is an example. Yes. It's is all over the world, this one. Mm-hmm. Now she, that's gonna always follow her. Yes. Give her a charge and let it go. Right. You right. know what I mean? Because to her basketball, her life is basketball. Right. She ain't applying for no job. Right. Right. That's her job. And you're hindering her now. You're you're hindering her from earning any type of living right now. Right. Her name is going to take. Her name alone is going to allow her to get anything she wants for real, for real. Mm-hmm. And all right, you got her sitting there. What, what are you gonna do? Right. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Yeah, and I just think you just mentioned about Jersey. Like, I'm licensed to carry, too, and I have to try to remember all the time. And I have been in instances where I was on my way to Jersey, and then I was like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. I had to pull over and separate. And separate like, everything. I'm not going back home. Like, I'm too far away from home now. I'm not going. I just got to separate. And, yeah, but you know, I don't touch New York with it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't touch New York. And it's it's crazy, like it's crazy how you have some states that reciprocate and some that don't. But it's just the way different states are, and you know, and nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it except what you just said. Get the knowledge and be prepared for that mm-hmm. type of situation. So, before we flip the script a little bit, there's the one thing that. Uh, when I said I wanted to bring something up and I said I'm almost certain that you may not remember. So a while back, and I've known about you for years now. Um, a while back, there was a documentary about a high school basketball team from New Jersey. Uh-huh. And there was a particular young man on that basketball team by the name of Michael Kidd Gilchrist. And watching the documentary, I grew or I was drawn to him mm-hmm. in that documentary. And I don't know what I was doing. I think I might have just been scrolling through social media or something. And I think I came across a post that you had posted about the documentary or about him. And then it was around the time that he was getting drafted. And I commented on that post, and I was like, yo, it was a great story. Um, I hope he does well. And if I remember, and I know I don't remember exactly, but your response was, thank you, I appreciate it, and keep watching out for him. Um, so that that sounds like something that you would have possibly said. Yeah, right. So just quick question like I said you probably don't remember that whole situation I'm sure you remember mm-hmm. the, the the documentary and all of that right what's his situation now what's going on with him what is he doing now um you know I when it comes alright so when it comes to my brother I I don't talk about his situation much because cool. I'm not the sister that he that opens up to talk to him like everybody else does okay I don't bug him about stuff like that. So whenever he feels like he want to talk to me about it, he will. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to be that person that don't give him that stress. So gotcha. I'm just like, to me, it's just a 
He's just my brother. That's it. Right. Of course, everybody else is looking at it like something different. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, to me, it's, it was just a normal situation. Um, you know, but he's doing good. Um, good. He's, I'm glad uh, to hear that. He has, he has kids now. You know, he's he's doing some really good work. Um, he has a foundation called Change and Impact where he's trying to help kids that have stutter issues have um, get insurance for speech therapy, which mm-hmm. is clearly not covered right. for kids who have issues that need speech therapy. They don't have, I guess they come out of pocket for, mm-hmm. for that. So he's trying to, he's traveling the world uh, by doing that, that COVID when COVID happened, it opened mm-hmm. up a lot of opportunities for a lot of these players to do different things. Um, and that was one of the things that he came up with. Uh, but he's doing well. He's, he's working out and, you know, he's cool. he's still a part of the... He's, his name is still on the list, yeah. you know, but, you know, he he's doing what he needs to do. And mm-hmm. when he's ready to talk about when whatever right. he's ready to talk and about. And everybody has to do things at their own at their own so, times, but at their own pace. Yeah, so that, yeah. That's, that's really good news. And I said I just thought that that would have been was a little bit of fun to bring up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got a little happened. bit more Let me just time. Just say that COVID happened and he had a, a medical condition from COVID. You know, okay. so even with that, as we all know in the NBA, you have to get right. You gotta get physical, mm-hmm. and that hindered him for a little bit. And it didn't. You know, he didn't. He didn't quit. You know, right. He wanted to play. He can play. Right. You know, but he's doing good. Well, good. Like I said, I'm just glad to hear that he's doing well uh, and like I said and, and I only brought that up because like I said when I watched the documentary I was immediately drawn to him and I still to this day I couldn't even honestly tell you why mm-hmm. completely I was drawn to him but watching that documentary I was drawn to him and, and if I had to give an answer for, for a reason why right now I think I would say that he kind of reminded me of myself when I was at that age where I was good enough to be a starter, just about good enough to be the man, mm-hmm. but kind of like you, I played my role mm-hmm. and let my role take me where I wanted to get. And I feel like that's what he did mm-hmm. from that point on until making it to the pro. So I'm glad to hear that he's doing well and he's doing some other things, you know, and it sounds like it's something that was a passion for him you know, with the foundation and everything like that. So mm-hmm. that's good to hear. Yeah. So we have a few minutes left. Mm-hmm. Well, we actually have a lot of time left, but we have a few minutes mm-hmm. left. So now, here comes the fun part. Now we can flip the script. Okay. So now I'll be the interviewee. <laughs> and now that you've been sitting here with me, um, I don't know how much since we first spoke about you doing an interview, you looked at my stuff. I know you saw the videos that I posted. So anything... That you might want to ask me. Let's have at it. You know what? I was curious about, uh, you know, why you wanted me on your show. I was like, this is random. I was like, uh, okay, I'll do it. I've never done a podcast before. So I was like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I watch a lot of podcasts because um, I think it's raw. I think it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's the moment you can actually put you out there without having mm-hmm. a filter. Right. And I was like, okay, you know, and I thought it was the perfect moment for me to do that because I'm like, all right, I got a lot going on right now. Mm-hmm. So, boom, let me put myself out here because I, I want those people who are watching these podcasts, if I do go on or whoever show, 
to follow along on my journey because I'm not done. Mm-hmm. You right. know, and know that not only am I doing this as an individual, I'm doing it as a mom. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm always going to be a mom first. And it's just like, if I can do this, if I got all this going on, I'm a mom, I want to inspire other women to be able to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And even men to do things with their women, their, their daughters right. and stuff like that. But I was curious and I was like, what made him pick me for mm-hmm. this show? So, what made me pick you for uh, the show? Um, first, um, this has been a passion of mine. I've been doing this now for like seven and a half years now. It's a passion of mine. Mm-hmm. But I've always had, or not always, but any interview that I've done on this show has always been just the guys. It's always been the fellas. Um, any other female aspect that I've had on the show was not sports related. Oh, I had other than like a trainer. But when I saw that you you were the both sides, the trainer and the actual athlete, I felt like that was a little different. I felt like that was a little unique. And what really, really sold me and made my determination solid was when I saw that you played football. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um I felt like this is a lady that is playing football. And I'm like, she plays defensive end. And I'm thinking to myself, like, wait a minute. Like, defensive end is like somebody that's got a high motor. And like I said, I'm thinking male stuff. I'm like, it's a high motor. Very, very competitive. And as I started scrolling through and I saw the things that you did and I saw it, I was like, it would be great to have a full-on female athlete slash trainer on the show just to give a different perspective um, because I felt like I talk about women's sports, the women's national tennis, women's national soccer team. I talked about them. I constantly talk about the WNBA and all the other stuff. And I'm like, but it's always from a male perspective like even if I have other guests my partner Baldy's usually here with me um, on Mondays and I'm like we talk about it but it's always from a male perspective and like one of the things that we pride ourselves on here and I think I mentioned this in the beginning is we're going to give you sports but we also want to give you like us athletes and coaches always like to say the game within the game Mm -hmm. so there's a difference between me sitting here and going through what I go through and giving you my spiel and whatever and everything. I said, but it's a bigger difference when you have a female that actually does it and they give you their perspective. So that was one of the main reasons. And it's crazy. Actually, the main reason why. It's crazy because a lot of women don't understand women that plays football. Mm -hmm. And I get it because I was that that person years ago when I was like, why are they playing football? Ain't they playing football? Lingerie? Like, I didn't get it. And now it's just like, all right, I'm in it now. Just, and my now is my family is the one that's saying, like, why do you want to play? You know, football is so rough on your body. You're not going to be able to do this. You're going to be like this. And it's just like, you know, for me, it's just like competitive nature, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I was going to play offense. I, my first game, I injured my hand. So I had the, the entire season, I had a pad on my hand. I had almost like a mitt. I had to okay. create a mitt. So mm-hmm. that way, you know, I wouldn't have, like, any traumatic force to the hand. So right. I was stuck playing defense because I couldn't catch. The other position okay. I'm going to go out for was tight end. 
Um, so I was kind of stuck on defense, but um, I, I like doing things that people say I can't do. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to push that envelope. I was that that person that pushed the envelope, but you know, I'm just I feel like if people don't like what I do, then I'm not for you. Right. You know, and I'm the type of person like I I like support. Just support, mm-hmm. whether you like it or not. You know, and this year, you know, my family was support regardless, and they came out and. You know, it was good to see them on the sidelines cheering me on. Right. And to be, you know, at my age, and I'm like, I, I still got it. You know, I still, but this year I'm actually stronger than I was the last year I played. Mm-hmm. So my season this year was a lot different. Right. And I studied the game. Right. And now that I'm coaching, um, is a, like I'm looking at football super different now. Mm-hmm. To the point where I wish I started coaching last year just to get more involved with it so I could understand right. it. But now that I'm coaching, we just been in practice maybe about a good three weeks now. Mm-hmm. And man, I'm like, this next season come up, I'm going to be a problem. Because right. not only am I surrounded by it, I'm teaching it, and I'm mm-hmm. learning from the other coaches. Right. And I'm learning from the pl- my players mm-hmm. that I get to finally watch what's finally going on instead of me mm-hmm. watching my teammates and this and that and then with football don't get it messed up we still win it right i can take somebody screaming at me i can take that okay i know everybody else can't right because for me a lot of times it's going one ear out the other like i hear you but mm-hmm. i'm not gonna let it affect me that much because i'm just gonna walk away from it like right i hear you just know i hear you i'm listening mm-hmm. um but all the females on my team are not like that like but at the end of the day, we're still women. Right. You know, but uh, I'm right. just a, I'm a freak of nature. You know, like, mm-hmm. I'm just like, like right. my mind is always on, like, get busy. Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah, I, I think, just wish people understood that females can do the same thing that right. men can do. And I think it would right. be a different ball game across the board. Right. One of the other things, now that you just brought up that point, one of the other things, one of the other reasons um, I reached out was... <clears throat> because I, I have a strong, strong sense of help, support for our youth. And I'm always talking, I work at the Youth Study Center too, but I'm always talking to kids, especially like kids that I see that I know that play sports. And I always quiz them a little bit. And I'm like, so what are your plans if you can't or when you're done playing this sport? So because you can't play this sport forever and I said I do the podcast and I show you like these are some things that you can do where you can still stay connected Mm -hmm. to the sport just not playing and I also felt like it would have been it was great that they see me and they do this and now for some of the younger women that look like us can see you and say oh okay so I don't have to play all the time I can find another niche where I can get in and still be connected mm-hmm. just maybe not playing so I think that was another reason why that, that I reached out you know because of who you are and like I said to the youth that look like us right I think it's an inspiration and they can see that you don't necessarily have to be that athlete there are other ways that you stay connected because every child, every youth is not going to be 
a really good athlete. There are some that are just not going to be athletic, but they can still love sports. And there are other ways. And I think feel like they don't see it enough that there are other ways to stay connected to a sport or sports in general where I don't necessarily have to be an athlete. So that was another reason why. I feel like I'm going to be connected for a very long time. Um, one, because I see my daughter playing a sport. I just mm -hmm. don't know which one. But regardless of whatever it is, you know, she got to do something. And I tell mm -hmm. her all the time, I don't care what you do, you got to do something. Mm -hmm. um, like my days tell me, you can't come straight home. Right. something to do. Right. And I wasn't that yearbook committee person. I wasn't the, mm -hmm. the arts person. I was like, well, I'm going to do sports. Mm -hmm. I, can't, I can't come straight home. I'm going to do sports. Right. Um, so I feel like I'm going to be connected for a long time because I want to be. I love being right. in the atmosphere of it. And right now with coaching football, you don't have too many females coaching football. But it's so many women enter into what they call the man's world that it's highlighting now where you got – for the USA games, for the football, when mm -hmm. our, our our team, all the players from here, got whoever got picked went over, mm -hmm. their whole referee was all women. Right. You know, so, mm -hmm. and then you have women refereeing the NBA now. Mm -hmm. NFL. More than a few of them. You got the NFL. You got mm -hmm. women on the NFL coaching staff. So mm -hmm. it's like they're allowing, they're slowly allowing us women to be involved in this this right. world they call as a man's world. Right. Um, but women can do it, you know? Yes. So it's like me being one of assistant coaches is another coach on the team. She's a female, and her son plays as well on the team, and he's a, a D1, he's a D1 player all day long. Mm -hmm. He has tons of offers at this point. Um, at this point, if our team does well, Mm -hmm. Make us look good, right? And we're women, so mm -hmm. me and my partner, our name is Star. Where we got a D line. The D line is the first people on the line. You're the first people to attack on that right offense. In the right in the trenches. So if you if we can get a team, just our D line, to be unstoppable, and they mm -hmm. say, "Who were y'all coaches who were training you?" They look over the sideline and see two females. That's gonna make us look good. Absolutely. I want to keep growing. I don't want right. to stop it at this one level. I'm not a stopper. So when I tell people, like, that's not my end goal, sometimes I don't know what my end goal is, but it's like I'm going to keep going until I can't go no more. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I don't know what my daughter going to do. And to be quite honest, I feel like it's going to be basketball because that's what she sees more of. Right. I really wouldn't want her to get into football. But now they have, they're opening up in Philadelphia flag football for girls mm -hmm. for these high school teams. And some of these colleges are offering full scholarships wow. for flag football for girls. Okay. So now they, they are making it a sport. So mm -hmm. now they're trying to get these girls out there. Right. But I, when I was pregnant with my daughter, real quick, I had a dream. I wanted the boy so bad. I said, if I have a boy, that boy going to be like 6'9", 6'8", going to be <laughs> off the rip. So I was like, I want a boy, I want a boy, I want a boy. I had a, The day before I had my ultrasound, everything during my pregnancy I dreamt of. The day before I took my test, I had a, had a dream that I was pregnant. I woke up the next day, took the test, I was, I was positive. Boom, moving forward. The day before I went to get my ultrasound, the day they said we can find out what you're having, I woke up, I was like, it's a girl. They was like, how you know? I said, I dreamt it. Like, I know it was a girl. I get there, they was like, you want to know what you're having? And I, I really didn't want to know, but when she said she was like, it's a girl, I cried. I was like, oh my 
and the boy so bad. Right. And I can't remember when it was in, in my in my term, but I had a dream and I kind of saw I was at a basketball game and I was there and in my dream I was there for my daughter. Mm. I saw what she looked like and everything. Hair color, complexion, wow. almost facial features and everything. Mm. My at the time, my daughter's father, we were together and he said, I hope she come out dark skinned. And I was like, She not. I said she is light as they come, <laughs> and and when she when I birthed her she was just just as white as ever. But uh, she's a little brown skin, little caramel complexion. Right. But I dreamt her like I knew she was going to have dimples. I knew what kind of texture hair she was going to have. Mm-hmm. I just knew what she was going to look like. So right. my dream, I'm like, I wonder if this is going to actually happen because how I dreamt it, like to to detail to knowing that she's going to have dimples. I'm like, I, that's not something I right. would thought she was going to have but complexion and everything I said it's a girl I know it because I dreamt her wow but it's I come from decent. a family of dreamers okay. and it's it just things that just happen but I'm going to be around her for a while she got to do something and I think Absolutely. it's going to be basketball so whatever she do I'm going to support her but if it's going to whatever she's going to be she come from a crazy pedigree line mm-hmm. you know I'm an athlete her dad's an athlete Grandpa on her father's side was a, a major athlete. You know, my family were athletes, so mm-hmm. it's in her nature to be that. Right. And she, at five, she's like a super independent person. She don't want nobody doing nothing for her. Like, at certain ages, my aunt was telling me she's so advanced in certain things that she shouldn't be doing at her mm-hmm. age. And I'm like, well, is this okay? Like, you know, I'm right. a first time mom. I don't know. You know, so I'm just like, I'm just happy that. I feel like I'm raising a little me right now. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to see I where get it goes. We're just going to see where it goes. I, I'm going to be around it for a long time. I'm going to be around it, right. but I can't be around it. Right. As you should. Yep. Yeah. Any more questions for me? No, I don't think I have any more. I wasn't prepared to ask questions, so you I should. even had none. Oh, cool. Well, thank you again. I, I, I want to thank you for um, taking your time out of your morning, your busy schedule, to sit and chat with me for a while. Um, I definitely appreciate all of your insight, um, all of your input. Uh, so before we go, let everyone know your social media handles, where they can find you, and all of that kind of stuff. Okay, so on Instagram, I'm SavvyBody underscore fitness. I think that's right. Yeah, it's it's Savvy with two Vs, too. Yeah, Savvy make with sure two you spell Vs. Right. Um, Facebook, I'm on there as Latasha Richardson. I don't really use any other handles like Twitter and cool. all that. I, it's too much. I'm not. Really, I hate social media. I'm gonna be honest. Mm-hmm. Like I can't stand it. But right. for business purpose, right. I have to post stuff. Right. You know. Right. Um, that's that's kind of like where I am now too. Like it started out for me with the Facebook thing because it was like, oh, well, you can reconnect with all your friends from high mm-hmm. school and this and that. And I thought that was kind of cool, you know, because you know we get older, we mature, we have families, we. Life right. takes over, so it was. I thought it was like that's kind of cool where I could sometimes talk to these people mm-hmm. and catch up and see what they're doing, and then I started doing this podcast, and then it's like, and like honestly, I don't remember the last time I actually created a post for my personal page. Like it's still active, but I'm like anything that I post is generally focusing me, shooting me to the so for the show. So that's that's where I I stay at now. Yeah. So. And you Again. can definitely support us at uh, the Philadelphia Phantoms. 
our football team. I'm also coaching at Shellingham High School, the mm -hmm. varsity um, team there. And not only am I a trainer, but I also work too. Mm -hmm. I I work I, I work in the in the health field. Um, okay. I'm a I'm a community manager, so I'm more mainly in the field. Like as soon as I leave here, I got a jet to go check on my clients. Right. You know, and then I got a jet to go to practice. So it's mm -hmm. like my days stay busy. Right. See, I told y'all I thought I was busy, but y'all got somebody that's super busy. Busier yeah, like than I, me, believe it I or be not. on the move. Um, so like just before I came here, I was at the office with my daughter. Mm -hmm. I had to drop her off, and then I ran back to the office and came here, and I'm like, all right, I still got to make my moves for work, and then I got to go handle practice and stuff like that. So, right. yeah. So, again, thank you, Miss Natasha Richardson, the Dragon, for joining me today. I hope you all enjoyed this conversation. And also remember, folks, I will be, or the team will be at the Drake Tavern this evening. Uh, we will get you ready for tonight's preseason game against the Bears uh, and the Seahawks. And, of course, you know where to find me, right here on this group page on Facebook, SportsWeb Podcast. You can also catch me on Instagram, at SportsWeb underscore D. And just sit tight. The audio will be up within the next couple of days. You know where on iHeart, Google Podcast. And once, you have to give me a couple of days, and I'm going to do some editing and some fine-tuning. And this video will definitely go up on the YouTube channel which is uh, Sports Rap TV. And again, like I always tell you, get over there, like the, like the videos that you like, subscribe to the channel, and hit that bell so you will be alerted when all of these new videos go up. And just a quick, quick reminder before we let everyone go, the Fish Fry is September the 4th. Get at me for your tickets, and we'll take it from there. So again, Natasha Richardson, great conversation, great dialogue, informative, fun, and it was a pleasure um, having you here, talking to you. And I, again, I, I thank you and I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come and sit with us. Folks, that will wrap up. Can I, can I say one thing before we yes. uh, If there are any women who want to play football who are interested, we have our, our tryouts, our national tryouts on October 1st. So if you follow my page, you'll see it once we start posting. But it will be October 1st. So if you know any woman that's looking to play football, um, here's your chance. Absolutely. <laughs> here's your chance. Yes, indeed. So get involved. Is you out there and you want to be another dragon? No, <laughs> nobody, nobody will be a dragon. That's hers yes, and that's definitely. all hers. So just a little quick joke there. But if you get involved, um, I will definitely um, get the information from you. I'll, I'll get the date and I'll post the date myself again for you all that follow me that may be interested. And like I always say, be great on purpose. And remember, come on out if you're out and about and hang with us at the Drake Tavern. Tonight, 6, 6.30 p.m., we'll be there. The team should be in full tech. And we will see you there. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And I will talk to you guys later this evening. That was great. Great, great, great. I'm